0: Father, we love you. God, I uh, my heart is full to overflowing at your faithfulness. So, Father, I thank you for loving us with an everlasting love. I thank you for knowing us. God, you know it's in our hearts without us even saying it. And God, as we hear those sirens that we know are an amber alert, God, we don't know what's going on, but you do. So, Father, I pray if it's a child that has been taken, Father, that you would return them to their rightful parent. God, I pray against harm of life. I pray against harm of property. I pray against harm of that child. Father, and I pray that through that situation that your name would become known. So Father, as we kind of refocus on what you have for us here, Father, we come. God, you know the name of every woman in this room. You know her heart. You know her needs. You know why she has come to this study. And God, we ask that you would show up. Father, we want to learn of you. We want to continue to taste and see that you are good. Father, we pray for our time now as we open the word. Father, empty me of me. You know I am strictly your vessel to be used for your purpose. So, Father, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart would be pleasing to you, Lord Jesus. Move in us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. I think we've all heard this statement that a picture paints a thousand words. And my guess is that you saw that to be true as you searched through the pictures on your table that your mind and your heart sifted through the many words and thoughts that you have about prayer in order to land on one that represented where you are today. Some of you probably were easily able to picture, pick, pick a picture. As soon as you saw it, you were like, yep, that's, that's my picture. Because you knew that picture gave words to what was in your heart. Others of you sifted through them and looked and looked because you were trying to find one that described the thousand words going through your mind. For some of you, when you shared, the words flowed easily and you knew exactly what to say, where others, maybe all you could do is hold up the picture, hoping that it would give the words that you were struggling to find. When you shared, my guess is the differences of each of our faith journeys of prayer. Maybe you're wondering if prayer works. Maybe you consider yourself a prayer warrior. Maybe you're new to prayer. Maybe you're yearning for a more vibrant prayer life. You're looking to have a connection every time you pray. All of it rolls into the complicated yet simple thing we call prayer. I say complicated yet simple because in many ways it is both. Prayer can simply be defined as praying to God. It's coming to God as we are, the good and the bad and the ugly, and laying our hearts before him. It's really that simple. As women who have accepted the truth that Jesus Christ came to earth as God and man, that he died for our sins and that he rose again, Our access to God is completely open. That is one piece of the beauty of the cross that Jesus completely did away with the barrier between us and God our Father. He died to give me, He died to give you access to a Father who loves us and wants to know us. In that way it's simple. But yet, it's also complicated. It's complicated by our wrong thinkings about prayer. It's complicated by our wrong motives. It's complicated by our experiences of unanswered or maybe even answered prayer. Why this time and not this, t- this time when you pray? It's complicated by the shoulds that as women we often attach to it. I should pray more. I should pray like this. I should, I don't know, you fill in the blank of what that is for prayer see how it's simple yet complicated let's be honest four weeks is not even close to enough time to dive into the depths of what we can about prayer we could spend years here studying about what the bible tells us about prayer We could continue to learn and learn, but you need to know our goal is not to learn more about prayer, though we hope that you do. Our goal, our heart for the next four weeks is that each one of us would take the next step in their prayer journey, whatever that step looks like for you, that it wouldn't be a knowledge-based step, but it would be a heart and an action-based step. About a year ago, the women's ministry leadership team, which is made of myself and a number of volunteers, we began to strategize and work through our goals for the 2016-2017 ministry year. And as the process worked its way out, bubbling to the top was a belief that as a ministry, as women's ministry here at Fellowship Bible Church, we wanted prayer to be foundational to all we did. And that sounded really good. So we continued to move forward and think through our plans and think through our strategies. But thankfully we have someone on our team who challenged us that if we wanted prayer to be foundational to others in our ministry, then it needed to be foundational to us personally and to us as a team. So as such, in January, as a team, we began to meet weekly, as much as our schedules allowed, but very consistently, for an hour to an hour and a half. And all we did was come together and pray. We didn't spend a lot of time at the beginning talking about what we were going to pray about. We kind of got there and got through some of the niceties or maybe shared an update if there was something kind of major going on. But then we just began to pray. We prayed for our church. We prayed for women's ministry. We prayed for the personal request on our hearts. We prayed for our hearts as we followed Jesus. We prayed for people that we knew. We prayed for our country. We just prayed. Every week, what came out of our mouths was different in what we prayed. But what happened was we prayed and God showed up. And as God began to use this in my own heart and in my own prayer journey, I began to yearn for something similar to happen We as a team began to yearn for something similar to what we were seeing happen with our group of three, four, or five, depending on who could meet, what was happening there. We began to desire that for beyond that room. We began to desire that for the women that we knew. The women that around us on Tuesdays, when we're during the school year, doing our two for Tuesday, or we would meet in the hallways, that's what we began to yearn. And that's why we find ourselves tonight on the first week of a study on prayer. Because the heart behind this study is that we all would have hearts and minds asking God, similar to the disciples in Luke 11, Lord, teach us to pray. If you have a Bible, if you want to open to Luke 11, we're going to start right in verse 1. And we're not going to go too far. But verse 1 says, Now Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Lord, teach us to pray. Before we go too much further, I think we need to stop and ask, why did the disciples ask Jesus to teach them to pray? These were good Jewish boys. They had grown up in a synagogue, and it was not the first time that they had been introduced to the concept of praying. They had been taught to pray out of the Torah when they spent time at the rabbi's feet. Yet I believe they were asking Jesus to teach them as if it was new to them. I believe as they lived with Jesus, as they learned from him, and they followed him, they were introduced to prayer in a manner that was completely foreign to them. They were introduced to a way, a way of prayer that spoke of relationship. You see, the imprint of prayer was all over Jesus' life. In fact, the New Testament gives roughly 33 accounts of Jesus praying. His public ministry in Luke 3.21 starts with prayer as he's baptized. And in Luke 6, before he calls the 12 disciples, he spends all night praying and asking God for direction. In his parables and in in his stories, like in Luke 18, we see encouragement and parables about prayer. And in his darkest moments, in the Garden of Gethsemane and on the cross, prayer was still, even at that moment, an integral part of Jesus' journey. And the disciples saw this. They saw the intimacy with which Jesus prayed, which was different than what they had been taught, what they had experienced. It was intriguing. It was desirable to them. It was what drove them to ask him to teach them how to pray, even as Jesus was returning from praying. The fact that Jesus went away to pray and then came back to them, that in itself was different. And it was in that moment that they said, Lord, teach us how to pray. We, too, are disciples of Jesus. We, too, are women who desire to follow Jesus, to live as Jesus lived. So when we look at Jesus' life, we see the same imprint of prayer all over it. And I don't know about you, but if Jesus needed to pray, I sure as heck need to pray. Do I get an amen? Amen. So they asked him, Lord, teach us to pray. And Jesus' response to the disciples is seen in the passage as Luke continues. And it leads us to what is often referred to as the Lord's Prayer. And if I took a poll, my guess is there are a large majority of the women in here that know that by heart. You may have learned it in Sunday school. doesn't matter your denomination. Odds are that if you were in church as a child, you learned it, right? Right. And while memorizing scripture is never a bad thing, I don't think Jesus' goal in this prayer was for the disciples to use it only and use it systematically. I don't think he meant for it to become a rote prayer that we say without thinking about what we are really saying. Rather, I think Jesus gave us this prayer as a model, as a format, as a something for us to follow as we too spend time talking to the Father. And tonight we are going to focus just on the very beginning of that prayer, which says, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. The word hallowed here is not a word we use in everyday language. And as you research it, you actually learn that the Greek word used means to sanctify, to regard, to set apart as holy. And while we cannot in any way add to God's holiness, we can set his name apart. We can recognize the value of the name, which represents the value of who he is. To hallow the name of God is really an attitude in our hearts that is a product of adoration. And adoration is a spontaneous yearning of the heart to worship, to magnify, to honor and bless God. Hallowing God's name includes adoring and praising his name. This may surprise you, but you were created to praise God. You were created to worship. As we read in Psalm 150, everything that has breath, which is you, is to praise the Lord. The word praise is seen approximately 250 times in the Bible. While most common in the Psalms, it is a common theme throughout all of Scripture. Because praise in the Bible, it holds the common theme, the idea of ascribing value or worth, to have a severe conviction of something's value and worth. Praising God is simply acknowledging the value of who God is. It is not flattering God. It's not empty words. Rather, it is calling attention to God's glory. Both your own attention and in corporate worship, as they stood here on the stage and sang tonight, they helped draw our attention to God's glory as we sang about Him together. It's so easy in our daily lives to forget that God is greater than we can remotely imagine. Praising God reminds us of the greatness of God, His majesty his beauty, his goodness, his power. If we lose sight of God's greatness, we can find our faith growing weak and our prayers simply become a list of what we hope God will accomplish. Yet I think God wants more for us in our times of prayers than us just giving him a list that we hope he will accomplish. In times of prayer and adoration, when we're praising God, what happens is we rent, re-enter a time of rare selfless devotion, when we ask for nothing but to cherish him. In adoration, we simply love God for himself. We give him glory for who he is in himself. As such, I believe that practicing praise and adoration in your prayer life will impact your prayer life in three important ways. First, I believe that practicing adoration provides a foundation for our prayer time. I don't know if anybody's ever been involved in building a house or building something, but what's the most important part? The foundation. Because if you make mistakes in the foundation, you may not see them there, right? But what happens is you continue to go. All of a sudden your roof doesn't line up, right? It doesn't work. Because starting right is important in building a house, but it's also important in our prayer lives. Starting with adoration in our prayers, it shapes everything we do and say in the rest of our prayers. When I start my prayer time praising God, I am reminded to who I'm coming to. I want you to stop and think for a moment. When you enter your prayer time, when you head into prayer, do you just go, God, I got a list and here it is? Sometimes, right? But are you aware of who you are addressing when you pray, you are praying to the one true God, the one who is the way, the truth, and the life, the one who defeated sin and death, the one who loves you with an everlasting and unchangeable love. This is who you are addressing. This is a small picture of a great big God. Does it not change your perspective? Does it not change your approach? if you start with praising God, of reminding yourself who you are praying to, and maybe more importantly, who you are in light of that. Starting with praising God provides the foundation for everything else I continue to say or not say, which is just as important in my time talking to God. And I don't think it's any accident That in Luke 11, when Jesus teaches the disciples to pray, that he starts with praise. He starts with, Lord, hallowed be your name. He knew that by us praising God brings glory to God, but it also provides a foundation for our prayer life. In the book, How to Develop a Quiet Time, the author puts the thoughts in these words. It, meaning adoration, causes us to listen to God's greatness before we speak. It reminds us of who and where he is. It helps us have reverence for God's priorities and not simply our own. Deuteronomy 10.21 says it like this, He alone is your God, the only one who is worthy of your praise, the one who has done these mighty miracles that you have seen with your own eyes. When the foundation of my prayer is more about God than about me, everything else I pray comes into line with God's heart as I spend time in confession, when I realize who I am in light of a holy God, or even as I bring my request to him. The truth is that if I don't start my prayer time with adoration, I am much more likely to tell God how he should answer my request than I am to listen to what he thinks would be the answer. Because rather than my request and God's answer shaping my view of God, my view of God needs to shape my request and God's answers. Did you hear the difference there? Because it is really important. Rather than my request, what I want, that dictate my view of God and how he answers it, letting that dictate my view of God, adoration allows a right view of who God is to then shape my request and his answers. Authentically praising God for who he is shapes my view of God and provides a foundation for my prayer time. Do you have a foundation of your prayer time? Have you even thought about having a foundation for your prayer time? Are you just like, okay, God, here I am, let's go. This is what I need to tell you. I got 10 minutes, let's go. I don't think that's what God wants for us. I think He has a better foundation in mind. So, first, adoration provides a foundation. And second, adoration provides focus. Hebrews 12:2 says, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. We live in a world that screams for our attention. And we can find ourselves focusing on so many other things than Jesus. Praise allows us to fix our eyes on Jesus. It turns our eyes off of our circumstances, off on our to-do list, off on all the yuck that you may call your life, and turns them instead on completely who God is. Fixing my eyes on Jesus through adoration reminds me of the truth of who God is, regardless of the truth of my circumstances. This past Sunday morning, my oldest son, who is 15 and I had a rough morning. Anybody else ever been there? Which kind of ended in some harsh words on my part and just a general frustration on everyone's part. And I'm sure many of you can relate to that Sunday morning stress of, hurry, I'm getting in the car, we have to go to church. You know, that kind of feeling where you're kind of at of yourself. You're laughing because you can relate, I hope, and you're not laughing at me, right. So of course it worked out after this that it was just the two of us driving to church. So um, as we we're driving after we'd had a few moments of our intense fellowship. We got in the car and it was pretty quiet and I was honestly just kind of lost in my thoughts. I was frustrated at him, I was frustrated at me and how I'd responded. I was frustrated at the circumstances and I was just out of sorts and I was thinking, I'm going to church. I need to change my mindset. I'm going to church. I'm going to church you know that feeling of kind of going there and thankfully the radio was on because there wasn't a whole lot of conversation and I wasn't really paying attention but all of a sudden I realized my son was singing and I love him but he can't carry a tune but that's a different conversation but he was singing and I began to listen to him and I began to listen to the words of the song. And it was a worship song, because we were going to church. That's what you have to listen to, right? But I began to listen. And what I found, then I began to sing. And what I found, as I was singing praise to God, my focus completely changed. And I felt like God, of course, you know, I'm in the middle of studying for all this. And I felt like God quietly whispered this is what I mean by focus. Something so small in the light of, I know, very hard circumstances that many of you face, but the daily reality of life and how I had allowed my focus to completely go off where it didn't need to be. And the Holy Spirit quietly said to me, focus on me. Praise Me regardless. And as I did that and I found my focus beginning to change, I turned to my son and I was able to apologize. And I was able to ask for forgiveness to him for my wrongdoing in it and to the father for my wrongdoing. And together, the last couple blocks, he and I sang together. Not just singing but the relationship restored. Simply because we took our focus off the yuck and we put our fixed our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of our faith. Where is your focus? When you face the battles of life, and there are battles of life far bigger than a snarky 15-year-old. But where is your focus? Are you so focused on your circumstances that you've completely lost the truth of who God is? Do you need to change your focus by spending time in adoration? There's a reason it's called a sacrifice of praise. Because there are times in the midst of the darkest circumstances that praising God, it takes everything you have to put your focus. And you say, God, I'm going to praise you in spite of. Because you are God and you call me to fix my eyes on you. So my focus is on you regardless of everything else. I'm going to give you this sacrifice of praise that is so hard for me to do. Where is your focus? Adoration will bring your focus back on to the true and living God. Adoration impacts your prayer life by providing a foundation and focus. And last, adoration provides friendship. Have you ever thought that God wants more from your prayer life than you just giving him information? Have you ever thought that? Have you ever thought, what does God want for my prayer life? What does he want for me in this? Have you ever thought that perhaps God designed prayer as a way for us to become his friend, as a way for us to experience an intimacy that comes with a close relationship? Do you believe that God wants that close relationship with you? If you don't, let me promise you that he does. You have to start with first that clear belief that that's what God desires for you. If you are unsure, let me encourage you to really look at Jesus. God sent Jesus to earth to die for us. He sent his son to suffer, to bring us into a redemptive relationship with him. Do you see the value of a relationship with us to God? Do you think that he did that because he thought it was a great idea? It cost him something to have a relationship with you. And so if you're not sure that he wants a relationship with you, go read the end of any of the gospels and read what Jesus went through with you to tear the veil so that you have complete and free access to God the Father. God desires an intimate relationship with us. And prayer is one of the means that he uses to build that relationship. Psalm 89 tells us that in the act of worship, God can become a reality to us happy are those who hear the joyful call to worship for they will walk in the light of your presence lord worship praise adoration they're part of the pra- path to experience the presence of god in a way that brings us into intimacy with god because intimacy implies a knowing it implies a closeness and understanding but the truth is to gain this intimacy with god with god as we worship we have to know him it's hard to adore something which you know nothing about, right? So what if you're sitting there thinking, I don't know God? I don't know how to get to go know God. Hillary, what do I do? You open your Bible to the Psalms. And as you read through the Psalms, it is full of who of God is. And all you have to do is read a Psalm a day and write down everything that it tells you about who God is. I did this yesterday on the fifth. I opened up Psalm 5. And it told me that God had an unfailing love. It told me that God was merciful. It told me that God loved me. The words of the Psalms are worship. If you don't have your own words, then open the Psalms and read their words to worship as you adore God the Father. Because as you get to know God, as you read the words of this psalmist and you personally begin to get to know God, what happens is that their words become your words and then all of a sudden your words become your own as that spontaneous yearning, that adoration just flows from you when you get to know this God who loves us. And it brings intimacy to the relationship. The overwhelming idea that we are in a personal and intimate relationship with the living God leads us to praise and it's a wonderful cycle because praise brings intimacy and intimacy brings praise and so it just kind of happens that it works that way in the beauty of God's economy so adoration brings friendship it brings an intimacy to our relationship are you friends with God How do you get to know your friends? You spend time with them. You learn of them. You listen to them. That's what God's calling us to do in the act of adoring him. We come to know him. We come to see him. We come to love him more. When we realize the truth of who he is and who we are and the fact that he loves us. So I firmly believe that adoration will impact your prayer life by providing a foundation, a focus, and a friendship. However, I don't want you just to take my word for it, which is why we're going to take some time now around our tables, and we're actually going to practice it. Another key piece for us, a leadership team, as we were putting together this study, is we didn't want to just sit here and talk about prayer. We wanted to pray together. We wanted to spend time together and what that would look like. So each week over the next four weeks, we will have a time of prayer together, but it will look differently each week. This week, we're going to pray together around our tables, and I'll give you instructions in a second. Other weeks, we may break into smaller groups or even have some time of quiet prayer. Now, I realize that everyone in this room has a different comfort level with the idea of praying together. Some of you, when I said you might have to pray out loud, were going, Ugh. That is okay. This is a safe place. We are not asking you to do something that God is not calling you to do. So if that is not in your comfort place, you can still adore God in the quietness of your heart. We love you here. And our heart, our prayer, is that each of you would take that next step, whatever it would look like. But one thing I want to guard against as we pray is the temptation of comparison. Oh, ladies, do we struggle with this. And it's not just in prayer. Because some of you are going to be sitting around your table and somebody's going to start to pray and you're going to think, wow. She really knows how to pray. God must listen to her far more than he listens to me. She uses words I don't even understand or she sounds so, you know, I don't know. That's not God. That's not what God is thinking. So we need to protect our own hearts against that even around our tables. We're all at different places. God still wants you to pray. He sees where you are, and it's okay. His heart is strictly to move you further in your personal journey. So in the middle of your sheet, in your table, is a 8 and a half by 11 sheet. It is three-hole punch, so you can put it in the back of your notebook, and it's called alphabet worship. So we're now going to spend some time around our tables. This is strictly a tool okay? You need to understand over the course of the next four years, or four years, four weeks. (laughs) You're thinking, wow, I didn't sign up for that. No. Yeah, over the next four weeks, we're going to give you a variety of tools. They are just that, tools. They are not inspired, okay? We may think they are, but they're not. There's not a right way. There's not a wrong way. This is strictly a tool for you to use as you go throughout tonight and then ongoing throughout this week, which we'll talk about that in a couple minutes. But what I want you to do, this has from A to Z. It has some, okay, this is by far not an exhaustive list, right, of who God is. It just goes through the alphabet and it gives you a couple ideas of things that start with every letter. You know, when we get to the X, we have to get a little creative. But you know, God is all things. So he is every letter of the alphabet. So you, okay, so what I want you to do is around your table, and table leaders, you'll facilitate this, is what I want you to do is just popcorn prayers. God, thank you that you are almighty. Next person, I praise your name that you are all I need. Okay? And then just slowly work through the alphabet. Okay, you just, I'm not looking for five-minute prayers, so if you're somebody who doesn't like to pray out loud, this is a great small way that you can say, praise God that you are blank, and that's all you have to say. Okay, if you have something that you want to praise God for that starts with the alphabet that's not on this list, say it. (laughs) If you're like me, I'll probably sit at the table and take notes as other people say great things to be able to use. I just want you to take the next 15 minutes, work through this alphabet, strictly praise God. I don't want you to ask him for something. I don't really want you to thank him for something, though they're really close. Adoring God is a little different than thanking him. And we, we want to talk about who he is, not necessarily what he's done. Does that make sense? Because there is a difference, Right? He is love. He loved us by dying on the cross. That's what he did. Does that make sense? Because really adoring God is strictly focusing on who God is. So table leaders, as you lead your table, if you could just be the one to move to the next letter of the alphabet when it seems the right time. If your table leader moves to the alphabet and you wanted to say something from the letter before, go ahead and say something from the letter before right there's not a right or wrong on this really my prayer is as you do this you will get a small glimpse of what God wants for you when you adore him I have no doubt that as the praises of God start to rise from the almost 200 women in this room that the aroma of it to God is going to be sweet So I'll come back up in about 15, 20 minutes if you want to just spend time. If you get through the alphabet, start again. Father, we praise your holy name. Father, we give you praise for you are righteous and holy and you are just. Father, we honor your name that you are faithful and good God, you are the way, the truth, and the life. You're the lifter of our heads. You're our refuge in time of trouble. God, you are our beloved. You are Emmanuel. You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. There is no name like yours. You are the name above all names. Father, when we extol your name, we give you all glory and honor and power for you are worth every bit of it, Father. Father, we praise your holy name. We thank you that you give us the privilege to do so. Father, I pray for each woman here that you would work in her heart. Father, that you would give us hearts of adoration for you. God, as we push into you, as we open your word, as we come to know you, that praise for who you are would be on our lips. Thank you for this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I don't know how far through the alphabet you got, but it's a tool that you can take um, with you. So I want to kind of talk through logistics for the rest of the next three weeks and just kind of what that looks like. So next week when you come, you will come to your table. Um, we recommend that you sit at the table for the the same table for the next four weeks just to kind of get to know the women. However, if you're way over here and you realize your best friend is sitting way over here and you want to sit with her next week, nobody's going to be offended. So y'all can do that. But we do think that there's something to be said about beginning relationship and getting to know the women around your table. Okay, so if you look through the study guide, you're probably like, uh, what am I supposed to do this week? Because, well, I hate the word homework, even though we're in the summer, I hate the word homework even more. So we talk about it as personal study. So on your table is a small piece of paper, a half sheet, your leaders may have them, and it says personal study, because I got to write it, so I could not use the word homework. And it says for the week of 6-6 through 6-13, Okay, there is space, you'll see, um, there's space in your workbook to be able to write the answers to the questions and kind of journal through the week. This is very simplistic. Really, our heart for you this week is that you practice some form of adoration, whether that's the ABC worship, whether you have another tool, whether you just want to spend time praying for 10 minutes at least four times this week. Some of you are thinking, 10 minutes, that's all? Some of you are thinking, 10 minutes, that much? You know, so we tried to land on kind of a thing that would work. If you want to spend more, you know, God loves that, you know. But some of you, after, you'll be like, 10 minutes, and then you'll look at your watch and be like, it's only been two. I got eight more minutes. So um, we get that been there, you know. So, and then all, um, so there's a little bit of question as far as why did you decide to do this study, and really what does God want for you in this study that we want you to really think about and be able to write and share with your table next week. And then just, we want you to practice adoration this week at least four times for 10 minutes, and then after each time, just answer those questions. It's almost like a journaling kind of exercise. Okay? And then when you come back next week, you'll come right to your tables. You'll spend time around your tables discussing your experience. Some of you may come back and say, It took everything I had to fill up my 10 minutes. And you know what? That's okay. We want you to come with that because we want you to be encouraged by the woman across from you who goes, Me too. Right? And then to be encouraged by the woman who says, oh my word, God revealed himself to me this week in a way that he's never done before because I got to know him differently, right? So wherever you are in that spectrum, as you spend the time, be honest, be authentic. That's all we want you to do this week is to journal, okay? So you'll spend time talking around your tables, Unfortunately, we don't have a live band every week for the next four weeks. Um, I know, they're great. Um, but we will have some form of worship. Uh, we have some women in our body that will do. And then we will transition into a time of teaching um, and then, you know, a prayer exercise. So that's what kind of simply the next four weeks will look like. Um, we are audioing. the. We are recording The talk, so if you happen to miss a week and you want to be able to hear it by Thursday of that week, it will be on our website. There's a place on the website called Other Ministry Messages, and you'll see a prayer the prayer logo, which is on the front of your book, that you'll be able to do the audio. We don't have the video this summer, but we do have the audio. So if you've missed or you're sitting here and you're thinking about your friend Susie down the street that would love to come, you know, you're welcome to invite her. Each week is... Though it does build, it's also standalone enough that whoever comes next week is not going to feel behind from this week. Does that make sense? Because we understand that it's summer. So if you miss a week, please come back. It's okay to miss a week. Hopefully you have a vacation scheduled sometime in July. And, uh, no, Hey, also... Um, We um, have a staff member who has been graciously cleaning out a lot of our closets. And as such, she found about 180 of a book called The Divine Embrace. And Lisa's holding one up. Um, they are free. If you would like to have a copy, we would love to give you a copy. They're in the back in the boxes. Um, It is, I think there's 180. It's first come, first serve. So (laughs) please take them all. Whatever's left Kathy's like, yes, Kathy was our cleaner of our closets. Yay, Kathy. So so those are there. If you would like to take it or want to take it to somebody, that would be great. Um, Any questions? Did I miss anything? Okay, if you want to take a couple minutes at your table, we do think it's important as we're learning about prayer to pray for each other. Um, Your table leader may have a way for you to be able to do that. There's note cards in the basket that we would suggest you kind of write a prayer request and exchange it with somebody at the table, write a phone number or whatever, just be as personal or authentic as you want to be, um, just as a way to pray for each other throughout the week. Um, But otherwise, thank you for coming. We're glad that you have joined us we wait in anticipation to how God's going to work in the next four weeks and Uh, We'll see you next week. If you volunteer to clean up, help clean up, I love you. (laughs) And so, but if you volunteer to help clean up, we do not have to take down tables and chairs because we have a fabulous facility staff, but we do have to take the tablecloths and that type of thing off the tables. If you would like to take pink balloons home, you are welcome to do so. Please just don't take the weights that they're on. We reuse those. There's some extra in the back if you have little girls. If you don't take them, we're going to pop them. So if you want a pink balloon. But when you're done praying around your tables, if you volunteer to help clean up, if you'll see me in the back, that will be great. We'll see you all next week.